right. Praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome back to our uh, evening broadcast. I'd like to hope and pray that everybody's had an awesome day today. A great day in the Lord and, and man, a place of worship. And we had an awesome time this morning in service over at 334 Ashford Street. And we had a great time in the Lord. And so we're grateful to be back one more evening. And we pray to get your second dose here of, of service and uh, the message this evening. And uh, uh, so you can go out and have a fantastic week. Awesome week this week, or whatever may come our way, it's, it's all good in Jesus. And so we are, we're grateful today to again be able to bring forth His Word. I'd like to welcome each one to our broadcast over on the uh, Facebook and YouTube side. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the broadcast here. If you get a chance, hit the thumbs up over on both sides, uh, the Facebook and the YouTube. It, it helps with the what they call algorithms. The algorithms where people can come in and uh, from uh, be drawn in by your page or, or even. As you hit uh, subscribe, hit subscribe, uh, uh, it, it continues to let you get alerts as well. But the algorithms allow others to come in. And I meant to say share. You share the page out. Share the page out as well. And it will uh, be on your page. The word. Many women can be blessed by the word. They don't always see your news feed. Uh, again, when they will through your news feed, they can see, see the messages as well. So don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Go ahead and uh, uh, get men and women involved. We want to see the world get the message tonight. As many as possible and, and so through your sharing the videos out to your pages in various places again it will be a blessing I'd like to remind you again our Tuesday night Bible study and also our Thursday in-person service at 7 30 p.m. come on out come on out and, and be with us uh, we're looking for what God's going to do there I'd like to welcome first time visitors to our church New Testament Christian Church again our Church of All Nations uh, part of a worldwide organization uh, churches throughout the United States and some overseas so I'd like to welcome you to our broadcast this evening. Also, uh, again, if you want to support the work, the ministry, we say thank you. We mentioned about tithe this morning, touched briefly on it. Tithing, again, 10% uh, belongs to God. And so we, we get paid. We believe in tithing. We believe in giving and offerings. And so one way you can do that is through our online giving, our online giving. Uh, you can do it through uh, www.mintcc.org forward slash Brooklyn, New York. You also can do it through uh, text to give. We have what we call text to give at 347-229-9933. Simply what you do is type the word give and it will send you a link back to your phone or your device and it will uh, give you instructions on how to load it up. And once you load up the first time, the next time that you give, it will, uh, all you got to do is just text the amount. Just text the amount through, uh, say whether it's 20 bucks or $200, whatever it may be that you give. Uh, it, all I got to do is just do the dollar amount instead of going through the motions the second time. So you can text to give that way. And also we have Zelle. Through Zelle, some of you have Zelle with your accounts. You have Zelle with your bank account. And you're able to do that simply by uh, using the church email. I don't know if it's on the screen there, but NTCC uh, Brooklyn, New York. It's NTCC Brooklyn NY at gmail.com. And so uh, if you don't have it there, we have to put it on there. Uh, at the gmail.com and so uh, you, that's the, the link that you would do to or the address you would send it to it's the church address church email address that's the same and you're able to give that way alright alright praise the Lord all the preliminaries out the way and we thank God for his word this evening the word the Bible says it's a lamp unto our feet a light unto our path and truly we, we, we preach and teach the word of God for those who are our first time visitors here and I want to uh, draw your attention to uh, the book of 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we'll look at this evening. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 in the Word of God. And so uh, we look forward to 
what God has this evening for us. Amen. Mr. Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth, the church at Corinth, and he uh, was dealing with some issues there, the dealing with church issues and dealing with just things. We thank God for the the the, the letters that we call them epistles, the epistles of uh, the Word of God, and so these epistles or these letters to these churches were there to to uh, help the church, and it helps us even here in the 21st century. It's there we take it and we learn from it, we read from it, and grow from it. And so I want to uh, draw your attention to the few verses of scripture here. Is uh, uh, we'll go from 15 through 17. Excuse me, six through six through 17. The Bible says, "Therefore we are always confident." Knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. The Bible says, for we walk by faith and not by sight as we covered this morning. We are confident, I say, though willing rather to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. See, whether we la wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. But we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. It says that every one may receive the things done in his body according to that he has done, whether it be good or bad. The Bible says, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He says, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also is made manifest in your conscience. So for we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on your behalf, that uh, ye may be somewhat to answer them which glory in the parents and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to a God. Whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And in verse 15 is what I want to draw you to. The Bible says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live uh, unto themselves, but him which died for them and rose again. In verse 16, the last verse, it says, Wherefore henceforth know we know man after the flesh, yea, though uh, we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Excuse me, one more verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things become new. But I want to use the text in verse 15 this evening. Verse 15, the Bible says, And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves. It is but unto him which died for them and rose again. And I want to give it this title this evening, uh, and, and this evening called Simply Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, for allowing us to I'll be back one more evening. Let's bring forth your word, God. We thank you for each one here in this house. Each one that received your word this evening and watching the videos and those who watch later on. I would pray to God that the lives in their hearts and souls, that one does not know you this evening. God, they'll come to know you, God. That one that is lost tonight, that will be found tonight. That one that is broken tonight can be healed and fixed tonight. The one that has needs, God, we pray that you visit with them this evening. God, touch lives and souls of men and women. The one needs power. Give them power this night. And God, we just ask of you, Lord, to just accomplish your divine work, your divine will, that it will be done. And God, we pray that they'll find their answer in you. 
God, which you are. We, uh, your son, Jesus, is the answer. Lord, we just give you glory this evening. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Living for Jesus. You know, one of the greatest, one of the greatest, greatest uh, decisions I ever made. Greatest decision I ever made was to give my life over to Christ. Give my life over to Jesus and to uh, I, I surrender over to him. Uh, again, I guess one of my second greatest decisions was, was when I joined the military. One of the top choices that I made. I needed to join the military. I needed to get away from home. Uh, things were uh, really uh, not what they should have been as far as uh, I went to college. And thank God for that experience. Graduated high school, on and on and on. And, you know, naturally in that age of the early, late teens, early 20s, making a decision on what was next for my life. Again, I, I spent more time, again, uh, wasting time in school. Uh, again, I did all right in school, but I really, really wasn't what I was looking for. And then I went on to the military, and many uh, uh, said uh, it, it was a mistake, or many would say that, uh, again, that's uh, your last resort. So little did they know I was up to my last resort. Little did they know that, again, uh, if I did not uh, do that, uh, again, who knows? Lord, only God knows what type of trouble I would have got into. I wasn't typically a, a, a bad kid, but I got involved in a lot of things that would have led to incarceration, led to the things that were, would have been, uh, again, not pleasing unto the Lord. Living a life that was a uh, sin, and we all have some greater sins than the others. Some are, are, are rougher than others. Some have greater uh, sinful past than others. But you know what we, And we come to that realization that we're lost and we need to change before it's too late. She's talking with a lady today about a young man, her son, and how they, again, she's going to bring him to church. Why? Because he's going in a direction and perhaps uh, looking for direction and needing help. Again, why? Because you're at a pivotal point in your life. You're at a pivotal point in your uh, in your heart and your soul in a place or a junction in the road where if you don't make the right choices, it could be devastating. And so, naturally, I thank God for that time in which it was a hard, a hard decision because it's a big decision to leave and, and sign up and sign up for four years uh, of your life. I only don't know some little bit less or some more. And, and really, uh, in that time frame, four years felt like an eternity, but it really wasn't. And then during that time when I went over there and I had still great plans to uh, 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 some things I wanted to do is do some dirt there back home. And, and naturally, uh, again, but God had a greater choice. He says, no, I'm going to get you out of here and I'm going to send you far, far away. When I was there and joined the military, I went to my training and they sent me orders. They sent me orders to go to Germany and there the father's place way overseas because my plan was to come home on the weekends my plan was to come home and run with my boys and my family my cousins all these folks naturally again and, and live the same life but just in the military god said no 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 no. i'm gonna send you way far away from uh, that city called louisville kentucky i'm gonna send you far far away why because i need to deal with your heart Knowing that, again, and having a little money in your pocket, having a little bit of, uh, again, things and a little money to spend. Uh, 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 and so, naturally, God already knew the destruction of the road I was headed down. But thank God for prayer. Thank God for praying. People that pray that God will begin to show me and direct me and lead me in my life. And so, while overseas, way overseas, kicking and scratching, mad because I had to go overseas, mad because I was going to be away from family, God was ready to do in my heart. God was going to deal with my heart. And while overseas, I... Again, one of my other greatest decisions, I met my wife over there. Now married 27 years. Again, another great decision. 
But you know what? During that journey, during that journey was where we, I found the Lord and she found the Lord as well. We went to a little small church, not a big cathedral. It was a small little church. Probably had about 15 to 20 chairs set up in that little living room area. The little man and his wife over there sacrificing their lives, sacrificing their time and their efforts and energy again and gave away themselves for the military. Men and women, uh, again, in there in the servicemen's home, as we call them, uh, again, as part of our organization, we reach out to the military. And I thank God for men and women who had a vision to reach out to the military. And so from that time on, I, I again, I went to this little church. I knew I needed to go to church. I knew I needed to be in service. And, and back home, they would send me little programs from the church I, I grew up in. And they would send me little programs just to remind me and, and send me encouraging cards of various things. And not naturally, I knew that I needed to be in service. You know, when we went away from God, but when God has a plan for your life, you can't run from it. When God has a, a desire that he wants for your life, a desire to be in the ministry, a desire to do something awesome for the kingdom of God, you cannot run from the calling of God. And so naturally God deals with your heart, deals with people in different ways, and, and you can't shake it off. You can't run from it. When God's got your number, he's got your number. And we must get to a place where we're willing to listen. So God sent me way over there again. And so we went to this little place, and that preacher would preach like a house on fire. He would preach again in our little true holy, and he would preach again the word of God and preach against sin, on and on and on. Things that no doubt that I know I needed like he knew my life. Right down the alley where I was living at, the preacher knew. And so naturally, I took a long time. It took me about five or six months, seven, eight months before I really totally surrendered. But I knew I needed to get saved. I knew I needed to get saved. I knew that the lifestyle I was living, even there in Germany, again, I was trying to duplicate how I was living back home with the drugs and alcohol, all these different things that my life was headed down this road and living the fast life. But you know what? Again, in God's grace and God's mercy kept me. God's grace and God's mercy kept me. And you know what? I came to the realization that I needed Christ. So we came to Christ and and a few months later, my wife came to Christ. She was shipped back to, uh, to the United States and got saved as well. Amen. And so we, for this day on, that's the greatest choice that I could ever make. No doubt she probably said the same thing. The greatest choice she could ever make was to give my life to Christ. And those who are saved on this broadcast tonight, watching this broadcast, the greatest choice you ever could make is to live for Jesus. And I surrendered my life and I gave my life over to Christ. I said, Lord, I'll serve you. God, I'll do whatever you want me to do. God, I'll, I'll follow you. God, just cleanse me. Make me whole. Wash me clean. And Jesus miraculously cleaned me up. He cleaned that cursing tongue up. He cleaned that blackened heart up. That sinful way of living I was a new creature in Christ. I was a new man, born again, excited about God, ready to go and do whatever for God. So when it in church, I wanted to be in church. I didn't want to run from the church. I wanted to be in church. I wanted to be in the services. I want to be in every service. Why? Because I had fallen in love with Jesus. And there from that point on, I went on and began to, I went back to my barracks room night after night and the preacher would preach and he would pray, he would preach and he would do soul winning various things. And I began to, God began to deal with my heart about going into the ministry. God began to deal with my heart about preaching the gospel. God began to deal with my heart about these things. I would shake it off and say, nah, that's not me. I would shake it off and say, nah, not me. I, I don't want to be no preacher, no pastor, nothing like that. But I can, God continued to deal with my heart until I surrendered. It would not go away. When the preacher would preach, again, it would have burned desire my soul. I would not go away. And, and uh, from that point on, I answered the call of God. And now, and actually, I, I finished my time in the military and I went out and got, went to Bible college. Hey, man, out there in Washington State, New Testament Christian College, same name as the church, but a seminary, excuse me. And you think about this, how the 
from that point on, again, God began to direct me. God began to show me, again, as we begin to pray about the city, and God sent us New York City, and the rest is history. We are here today in New York City, still preaching the gospel 18-something years later. Why? Because, again, of the love of Christ. Amen. That all happened way back 20-something years ago, but the church has been around since almost 18 years now. Long story short, living for Jesus. Crazy for Jesus. I preached a message a few months ago about crazy about Jesus. Crazy about Jesus, a fanatic. As you watch the ball game today or whatever you may be doing, uh, you may see uh, in, the, in the crowd, you see fanatics, fanatics, people who are crazy about their team, going crazy and excited about their team. Uh, oh, become, and they live and die and, and bleed for their team. They live and die and bleed for a career. They live and die and bleed for their cause. But how about Jesus tonight? And when we begin to get excited about the kingdom of God, let us get excited about the Lord our God today. Living for Jesus today. And so uh, we must believe, first of all, that there is a God. How do I live for Jesus? We may say, you must accept him as your Lord and your Savior. And that's the first step in living for Jesus today. The Bible says in Timothy, 2 Timothy 2, 18, I want to, before we get back to my text, the Bible says in 2, 18, he says, uh, I'm concerned the truth. Um, uh, we must believe that he is uh, the truth. We must believe that he is the truth. And many will err in their ways because they don't believe the truth. They don't believe that he is the true way. They don't believe that he is the son of God. My friend, they don't let the devil lie to you today. He is the son of God. He gave his life. And the Bible says many have erred from this. They erred about the resurrection. He has come. He was crucified. He was buried. And he rose again. Many will err and say, oh, the crucifixion is not real. The resurrection is not real. It's already passed. Oh, my friend, it is true. It is real today. Believe the Lord Jesus Christ today. Believe what he came to do. Believe that he is the son of God, my friend. That's how you do the first step in living for God. And so nevertheless, the foundations of God stand sure. He says, regardless of what we believe or not, he says, it does not change. My friend today, we must change. The word of God will not change. Man may try to change it and twist it up, but God's word is still true. The Bible says in verse 19, nevertheless, the foundations of God standing sure, having this seal, the Lord uh, knoweth them that are his. And it says, and let every man that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. So you come to Christ. You believe that he died and rose again. You accept him as Lord and Savior. Now you begin to de uh, denounce iniquity. You denounce sin. You repent of your sins and say, I'll never go back to it again. Why? Because you depart from iniquity. I'm leaving my old ways, my old lifestyle. My old trends, my old ways of living. I'm leaving that mess and I'm walking with Jesus for the rest of my life. When you ask Christ into your life, when you get up from that altar of prayer, you say, you know what, forgive me. That's what he wants to do. And not only that, but you repent of it. You don't go back to it. We say repent, not repeat. You repent from your sins and say, you know what? I'm changing. By the grace of God, God will change you by the miraculous power of the blood of Jesus Christ. He'll take those worldly desires out, the Bible says. And so he says, for the next step in living for God is not only to accept him, but to depart from iniquity, to leave sin alone. Because before it came to destroy us, the devil wanted to destroy us. But church of the day, make that your prayer. I'm leaving iniquity and sin tonight. The Bible goes on and says in verse 20, uh, the Bible says, and great is the house 
there is only not only vessels of gold and silver and also wood and earth. He says there's some of honor and some of dishonor. Number 21, he says, if any man therefore purge himself from these things, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified meat for the master's use and prepared unto every good word. And so the Bible says, we, we begin to, uh, to purge these things from our lives. The Holy Spirit and, and the word of God and teachers and the preachers of God that uh, we learn and grow in the grace of God and begins to purge us and, and prune us and make us and mold us to, into his image to where we grow in his grace and his knowledge. If you don't want to change, amen, again, you have to check your salvation. You have to check and see, really, have you been born again? Because when you're born again, you want to be more like him. You want to follow him. You just want to please him in your life. And so the Bible says we are purged. We begin to become a vessel of honor, not a vessel of dishonor. No longer dishonoring, uh, again, in our lifestyle. No longer uh, bringing shame to God. But now we begin to be an honorable man and woman. Tonight, living for Christ is honorable tonight. It's honorable. It's righteous. It's holy tonight. Let that be your prayer. Living for Jesus is the best life, my friend. It's the greatest life. Don't let Hollywood fool you. Don't let Facebook fool you. All the friends who do all these other madness of things. My friend, today, living for Christ is where it's at. Living for Jesus, my friend, it'll keep you. It'll keep your marriage. It'll keep your sanity. It'll keep you in your right mind, my friend, today. Living for Jesus is where it's at today. The Bible says sanctified. You've now been separated. You've now been made whole through Jesus Christ. You've now been made holy by his grace. The Bible says meek for the masses use. You see today, God wants to use you. There's no greater, greater occupation than being used by the master. Letting your life be a usable vessel, used to bless someone, used to reach someone, used for the kingdom of God. I'm talking about living for Jesus. God, make me usable. Make these hands usable, my feet, my tongue, my actions, my ways, my life. Let it be usable for the master's use. The Bible says, prepare for every good work. You know, before we did a lot of dirt, as we said before, some did more dirt than others. But you know, it does not matter. We were all filthy rags in the sight of God. But you know what? Thank God for the cleansing blood. He says now we're being, being able to be used for good works, for the glory of God. Good works for his kingdom. Good works are giving glory. Good works to help build the church, to help build the community, to help build and reach somebody for the kingdom of God. The Bible says, number 22, living for Jesus. Next point about living for Jesus. The Bible says we must flee you full of us. I shared with him last week about us men uh, chasing the women. Uh, some uh, in the world glamorize it as the more women you have, uh, the more of a man you are. That's a lie of the devil. Uh, the more problems you cause. You hurt this woman. Then you hurt that woman. Then you hurt this woman. You make this baby. You make that baby. You make this baby. The Bible says flee youthful lust. Women the same thing. Uh, stop letting that man use you and abuse you. Stop finding someone who will love you. Find somebody who will uh, settle down uh, and live a happy life after ever, ever after. If he's out running the streets all the time, if he's still running around like a little boy, if he's not going to be a man and take care of his family and do the things in which God has called him to be, we must flee youthful lust. We must flee these things the Bible says and start living for God. The Bible says when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Men, it's time for us to grow up and become men of God. 
women of God, people of God today. It's time to mature and flee you for us tonight. Amen. And stop running to the nightclub, still trying to look young, granny. Come on out to the house of the Lord instead. Come on out and be, be a Christian. Come on out and give your life truly to the living God today. The Bible goes on and says in faith, excuse me, let me back up. The Bible says, flee you should love, follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. He says, let's follow these things. Living for Christ is to live right. Living for Christ is to walk by faith. Living for Christ is to walk in love or charity and to have peace of God in your life. When you live for Jesus, there's a peace that's in your soul. You don't have to pull out your hair and worry because Jesus is going to take care of it. You don't have to run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Trust in the living God. Trust in the Lord. Watch God work things out. We're talking about living for Jesus today. Who is Jesus? The Bible says in Matthew 6, uh, Matthew 16, excuse me, 15 through 27, Jesus asked, was taking a survey. He was taking a survey asking the people as they begin to uh, uh, witness. The disciples went out to witness to the people. They went out to uh, uh, greet the people and begin to share the good news uh, that Jesus the Messiah was here on earth. And the Bible says that he said unto them when they came back to give a report, they came back to uh, uh, tell Jesus what was going on, the Bible says that he said to them, uh, who do they say that I am? In verse 16, the Bible says, Simon says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He says, and he answered and said to them, blessed art thou, son of Bar-Jonas, flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee, but my father, which is in heaven. Do you acknowledge me, share with you earlier? Is he the son of God? Is he the Lord of your life tonight? Declare him tonight as that very thing. The Bible says, and I say unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I want you to know that when you live it for Jesus, the gates of hell should not prevail against you. The gates of hell should not prevail against the believer today. The devil may puff and he may puff and he may blow. He will push against you. He'll push against your house. He'll try to bring you to shambles, my friend. But living for Christ, living for Jesus, the devil cannot prevail. You stand strong in God. You stand strong in his word. You stay strong in prayer. I'm telling the gates of hell should not prevail. The Bible goes on and says, uh, we are part of something great. Uh, you're part of something great here uh, in the kingdom of God. Be a part of our church. Uh, come grow with us. Invite your friends to something awesome, uh, to something that will, is unmovable, unshakable. Come to something that the, the enemy cannot win against. Uh, come be a part of the kingdom uh, and God's church and I am. The devil cannot prevail against the church today. I don't know about you, but that's worth living for. Something that is indestructible something that's in a, unbreakable, something that cannot be defeated, and that is the body of Jesus Christ. And I, let's move on. The Bible says in verse 19, living for Jesus, you're part of something great. I will give thee the keys of heaven, uh, uh, keys of the kingdom of heaven, excuse me, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. He says, and so when God gives you living for Jesus, Jesus will ask you your prayers. You have the power to pray. One of the benefits of living for Jesus. And I am, the Bible says in charge of the disciples that they should tell no man that he um, that he was Jesus Christ. Why? Because it wasn't quite time for it to be released. The Bible went on to say from, from the time forth, Jesus began to show his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and the scribes and kill and be killed. Raising in on the third day. I'm trying to get through this. The Bible says, and then Peter took him and began to rebuke him. So that same Peter that called him to Christ now began to rebuke him. The ebbs and flows of living Christ. The ebbs and flows of not understanding God's word, 
understanding what the will of the Lord is. This is what happened. Peter said, no, not so. He didn't want Jesus to die. He didn't want Jesus to die. And Peter didn't know he was thinking in the natural. He didn't realize the full plan of God. My friend, God has a plan for your life. Sometimes God has to take us down roads that we may not like. And when you're along, along your journey, along as you live for Christ, there will be times that you may not like certain things that go on. There will be paths in which it will be harder than others. Jesus was about to go down this path of crucifixion, and Peter didn't understand at the time. And so he says, no, Lord, you cannot die. We're not going to let this happen. And the Bible says why he said that. And But Jesus responded back. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, for thou art an offense unto me. He says, for thou savest the things, not the things of God, but the things that be of men. And so Jesus went so much, he wasn't mad at Peter, but the spirit behind what Peter was saying, Peter was trying to prevent this man from giving his life. My friend today, don't never, ever, ever try to stop somebody from doing something for God. Don't ever try to stop someone from being some, doing something for God. There's so many times people come to church, brand new believers, and there's some well-meaning so-and-so-called Christian that come along and try to prevent you from believing what God says in his word. Or oh, they'll try to, oh, stop coming to my church. Where was you at the, the past five, six months? You're trying to draw you away. And enemy, no doubt, will try to draw you away, try to draw you away, again, from doing what God wants you to be, uh, being what God wants you to do. As I say, and think about it, God, we teach and preach certain things, and, and the enemy will say, ah, uh, don't believe that stuff. And the enemy was trying to get Jesus not to believe it. He was trying to get Jesus not to, uh, again, go through the crucifixion. But and so he says, get thee behind me, Satan, thou on offense. He says, uh, in other words, God gives you the power as well, living for Christ, to rebuke the enemy of your soul. The Bible says, but he turned unto Peter and said these things. Number 24, he said, Jesus, Jesus, then Jesus unto his disciples, the Bible says, if any man come out to me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Living for Jesus, one of the requirements. Let's read it again. He says, take up your cross, deny yourself. Living for Christ, we must deny ourselves. We must deny what we want. Deny what the flesh wants. How do I live for Jesus successfully? You got to deny yourself. The Bible says, take up your cross. Take up his cross. My cross, your cross. Each of them have a cross laid for us. We must take that cross up and die to self. I remember when I prayed in that little church. When I prayed in that little church, it seemed like my whole life flashed before my eyes. Even before that, I told him, I shared you a few weeks ago. I said, my mind was already made up before the preacher even had to preach. He didn't have to preach. I already made my mind up. Tonight was my night to get saved. Like my whole life flashed before my eyes. And you know what? All the things, no doubt that I was giving up. It was like things that was just fleeing my heart. Like a, like a, like a whole pages of life, pages of life just fleeing out of my soul. The things in which I used to do, the things I desired to do. Now it was all gone. I was an emptiness. It was on the inside. It was clean on the inside. And now it was a new book for God to write upon my heart. And the Bible says, he says, take up the cross and deny yourself. And so the things the worldly desires I once had before beginning of the I went back to my room. I wasn't. I went back to my room there in the barracks. And I had some deuce deuces in there. Some of you folks know what the deuce deuces are. 22 ounces. Old English malt liquor. And I took those things and poured them out in the sink. I took all them crazy CDs I had and threw them away. And then people thought that I was, uh, 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 the people began to say, uh, again, uh, what's going on with Whitlock? What's going on with Whitlock? We had a suicide prevention class one time. And they say some of the signs, some of the signs of suicide is you begin to give away stuff. 
But look at they know I didn't commit, I wasn't gonna commit physical suicide, but the old man died. It wasn't a physical suicide to take my life, but the old man died. And I've been given to give away things that, that no longer made me happy, those things that no longer matter, those things that were destroying me. I was giving it up. And over time, God began to convict me. He said, don't even give them away. Throw them in the trash. Why? Because I was a new creature. And so as you begin to see all that junk, in the, the no doubt all the dirty books and all the junk that was in the room, I began to get rid of it. Why? Because I was a new man. The Bible says, and so I was crucified. The Bible says in verses, uh, taking up my cross and following, I'm going to start going to serve it. I'm going to start being what God wants me to be. And the Bible says in 26, he says in 25, whosoever shall save his life shall lose it. The longer you hold on, you're going to lose your life. There are people that are on their deathbed still hanging on to things. Instead of surrendering to God, he should have surrendered years ago. We still want to run around and be slick and be cool and all these different things. People, old men, I'm talking about old men and old women, leave eternity because they refuse to lose their lives. Refuse to surrender. And they, they all, not everybody's going to get that deathbed experience. Not everybody gets that chance to pray and pray and get it right. My friend today, why, why play with your soul? Why ruin your life, your children and your grandchildren and your children's children? Why, why do these things? Why make so much of a mess before you leave this earth? My friend, not, not, don't make a mess. Make a blessing, amen. Be a blessing to somebody. Be a blessing to your family. Be a blessing to your kids. Be a blessing to those around you to where they can see when God deals with your heart to make that change. Make the um, come to Christ while there's still time. I'm talking about living for Jesus. Live not the rest of your years, but the best of your years to the youth tonight. For the best of your years, give it over to Jesus while you're still young, while you still have life in you, while you still have time. I thank God I came to Christ when I was uh, 20, 22 years old. I thank God that, again, I did a lot up to the age of 22. We shared with you uh, before how to thank God for those first 22 years. I've seen a lot. i experienced a lot. But you know what? Thank God for the kingdom of God. Thank God for the cross to where he was able to pull me out before I made a mess, more of a mess of my life. He says to you today, whosoever shall lose his life, whosoever shall lose his life shall lose it. <clears throat> save his life shall lose it. In other words, you try to save your life. I'm not letting you go preach. I'm going to save these things. I want to save my sins. I want to save the way I live. I'm going to stay the same way I am. You're going to lose your soul. The Bible says, that whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Losing your life means to surrender everything. God, I give up. I'm tired of running the streets. I'm tired of running to the club. I'm tired of chasing the women. I'm tired of chasing the men. I'm tired of being in relationships that don't really matter. Smoking this stuff and drinking this stuff that don't really, really make me happy. Feel good for a little while, but then all the drama that comes along with that. Running from God, even say, I don't use drugs, not going pretty well. Whatever the case may be, just being outside of God, my friend, today, you're alone, lonely without God. Because you're not in God's will. So the Bible says today, lose your life. Lose your life and you'll find it. You'll find it. God will begin to open up doors. I begin to find my true purpose. I begin to find the true meaning. And, and I'm just one of millions of people. When they come to Christ, they find their true purpose. They find their true meaning in life. And the meaning is for Christ. And God opens up doors. He opens up channels. He leads you in the right path. He, he becomes some start businesses. Some begin to do go off into careers. And all these different things that God has planned for each individual and your purpose. And the reason why you were born, God has it. It's all found in Christ. But you got to lose yourself. In Almighty God. Bible says in verse 26, it says, What shall a man, what is the 
What is a man profited if he gained the whole world but loses his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What will he exchange it for? The Bible says, For the Son of Man shall come in his glory of his Father with his angels. Then shall the reward every man according to his word. There's coming a day as we share with you last week. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming and we all have to give an account for our lives. Do we live for Jesus? According to the works that we do. Philippians 1.21, as we wrap this up, tells us this. Philippians 1.21. Apostle Paul already says, for me to live is Christ. For me to live is Christ. Living for Jesus. Living for Jesus. Man, it's the greatest choice. The greatest choice. And hey, you've been teetering back and forth, one foot in, one foot out. One moment you're in, one moment you're out, you're in service, out of service. Uh, I'm going to live for God. I'm, no, I'm not, I don't know. I don't really, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. No, no. Do it now, my friend. Do it now. For me to live is Christ. That's the only life to live. The only way to live outside of your dead man, dead woman. You may, on the outside, appear to be, have life. It may seem like you have things going on for you. You can have all the money in the bank, but you know you're still lost. He said, for me to live is Christ. Man, that's where my happiness comes from. That's where my satisfaction comes from. That's where my joy and my eternal life comes from. That's where my strength comes from. It's Christ. And he said, for me to die when it's all said and done, he said, it's gain. He said, I have something waiting for me on the other side. I can now be with them forevermore. I now have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And my friend today, let that be your prayer. To live for Christ is gain. To live for Christ. And, and really, when you die, it'll be gain. Even much more of a gain. But my friend today, take up your cross. Live for Christ today. Give him your life today. Follow him. Follow him. There's peace. There's joy and satisfaction in life, my friend. Everything the man is looking for is found in God. I'm going to close out with our back to our, our main text. Back to our text. The Bible says here in our text of, of 2 Corinthians 5. The Bible says in verses um, 16. Verse 16. Excuse me, it's 15. Sorry about that, 15. The Bible says, For he that died for all, I'm talking about Jesus, he that died for all, they which live should not henceforth, in other words, the rest of their days, from hereafter, live to themselves. So read it again. He that died for all, meaning Jesus, that they which live should not from hereafter, Henceforth live the wreck unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. A friend and I lived for Jesus. He paid the ultimate price. He paid it all. And all to him we owe. Sin had left the crimson stain, but he washed it white as snow. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Bible says, Paul said, the debt that I owe, the debt that I owe, my God. His reason, our reasonable service is to present our bodies a living sacrifice to him, to dedicate to him. I know I'm going on, but I'm going to let you go with it. Give your life to Christ. The greatest choice you can ever make is totally surrender to Christ. You say, you know what? I surrender. I'm tired of running. I'm tired of playing. What do you have me do with my life? Make that your prayer. I surrender all. If you're not saved tonight, tonight's your night to get saved. 
Tonight's your night to believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ as we shared with you before and to depart from iniquity, to depart from sin. From this day forward, the devil has done nothing good for us. Nothing. Why continue to have a negotiation? Why continue to have a, a business, do business dealings with the devil when nothing good comes out of it? Give your life to Jesus tonight. What, what, what harm is it? What, what will it hurt you? It'll, it only can help you, my friend. It can only help you. How do I do that? By professing, uh, professing him as Lord and Savior of life. I accept him as Lord of my life. Come be the captain of my life from now on. Be the leader and the head of my life, the head of my family, the head of my soul. I repent of my sins. Forgive me of all I've ever done. And he's faithful and just to do that. From this day forward, you make up your mind and your soul. I'm going to serve and live for Jesus the rest of my days. And you know what? Be committed to it. Jesus told him, he said, take up your cross, follow me. Follow me. The Bible says many of the disciples, the 12 disciples, they dropped what they were doing and started following Jesus. There was another man who came. The Bible says he was a rich young, young man. He had a lot of, lot, lot of goods, a lot of stuff going for him. And he thought that he was religious. He thought that he uh, was doing quite well. Jesus began to say, he said, what about how do they inherit eternal life? He said, I've kept the commandments. What else? And Jesus says, sell all that you have and give to the poor. In other words, Jesus said, just totally sell out. Just totally sell out. And each of us, we can do a little bit more selling out. To sell out for Christ. As we do that for him, no doubt, it flips back around and he'll bless you for everything that you, you do. That's the, re that's the least we can do for the kingdom of God. The least we can do is to live for him faithfully because he faithfully gave his life on the cross. God bless you. I pray we'll see you soon. We'll see you soon. For those that pray for salvation tonight, welcome to the family of God. Welcome to the family of God. And from this day forward, live for him. Remember what he's did for you. Remember the prayer that you prayed. Remember this day as the day you made up in your mind, I'm going to live for Jesus for the rest of my life. God bless you. I pray we'll see you too tonight. See you soon. Have a wonderful evening.